0: Welcome back to Netflix and Kill, your source for everything horror and Netflix, where we sometimes go through all the horror movies on Netflix. Sometimes um, not. Yeah. <laughs> but today today we did actually talk about one that's on Netflix.
1: Mm-hmm. So, Marty. So, we chose one that's actually an Netflix original, too. Um, Apostle.
0: Yeah. Would you like to explain... The plot of Apostle. Um, <laughs> well, um. So we could back things up a little bit. We could explain like how we kind of came to watch this. <laughs> do we want to do that? Because I know you have a good story.
1: What's, <laughs> what's my story? You do it. You do it.
0: <laughs> <laughs> okay. Okay. Uh oh. So first of all, for those who are not familiar, I'm Kai. I'm Marty. We like horror, and Netflix, and and Michael Sheen. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> so, um... Sure do. A, a few weeks ago, Marty was at my apartment, and we watched Good Omens together, like most people on the internet and real life and everywhere have been doing. It's a very good show, and I recommend it. So, Marty you've been in a little bit of a, of, um, a good omen's craze.
1: Yep. (laughs) Um, so, (laughs) I kind of just fell in love with the whole show. I, I've, I've always kind of been into like the whole angels and demons dynamic thing. And so this just kind of got me right in the interests and, uh, I've actually watched it, like, three times already. Um, I watched it once by myself, and then another time with you, and then now I'm actually in the middle of it with my mom, too, because I wanted her to watch it, because I thought she would think it was funny.
0: But anyways, so, Marty's been, like, super hardcore into Michael Sheen. Which, I mean, aren't yes. we all? Because, come on. I mean,
1: he's, um, Whale's sweetheart. Yeah, come he's on. a legend.
0: <laughs> It's an icon.
1: Yep. Um, so I, you know, Xerophel and Crowley are like, you know, everyone's favorite characters. I mean, but like, I really like Xerophel a lot because he is kind of the one who has to change throughout the story. And so I kind of latched on to the way his story was told and his relationship with Crowley. So I, I was like, oh, hey, Michael Sheen's really good at acting. I wonder what else he's been in. And then it turns out he's been in literally everything I've ever watched.
0: <laughs> yeah. You were telling me some of the stuff he's in and it's like Yeah. Stuff I never it's would like, have guessed.
1: Yeah, he was in Tron Legacy. He was in He was in um, Twilight. <laughs> he, yeah, he was Aro in Twilight. He did um he was the white rabbit, the voice of the white rabbit in the Alice in Wonderland movies. Just like a a million other things from his imdb page that i looked up and was like wow this is too overwhelming i can't do this right now (laughs) um but then he was also an apostle and i was like oh whoa hey that just came out and so we had actually started to try to watch this one day but it was like in the middle of the day and we were both like really tired And also, we couldn't see anything on the screen because it was too dark. (laughs) Yeah. So we just kind of turned it off and we're like, let's save this for another time. And then apparently the other time is now because Michael Sheen's in it. And that's the hot topic of
0: uh, right now. (laughs) And we watched it and I liked it a lot. I liked it. I did too. I i i really enjoyed this
1: movie so uh do you want to do the plot synopsis since i just rambled a whole bunch about michael sheen
0: (laughs) we could put it together together if you want to okay so Oh, i guess first of all we should say spoiler warning because you know we do that on this show and i just want to make it like apparent
1: we talk in length about movies on this podcast and um if this is your first time listening, we do go into spoiler territory. Um if we didn't, there wouldn't be much to talk about, honestly.
0: Yeah. That being said, if you haven't seen this movie, I would recommend it. And I would it too. It is on Netflix, so you can go watch it. Just be warned there's some gore, so if that bothers you. There's also I mean, it's like a, horror movie, a lot of so... religious themes too. So oh, like yeah. I know that bothers some people. So like Yeah. If you're bothered by either of those things, it probably isn't for you, but otherwise, like, it's it's really good, and it's pretty original, so...
1: Yeah. A lot of the aesthetics, we talked about this a little bit earlier, but a lot of the aesthetics really reminded us of, like, the witch, um, because of, like, the setting and, like, the characters overall. It's, it's set in, like, the, like... I, would, I don't think... I, I guess it would be around the 18th century... Right.
0: Um. Yeah. Maybe even earlier than that. I don't know. Mm-hmm. I'm bad with but, like, like dates.
1: Like the 1800s or so.
0: Oh, I think it's earlier than that. Or
1: yeah. Okay. I I, I, I can't I don't really know. tell just because it's so. The setting is so out of time.
0: Yeah, it is. Cause yeah, they're very isolated. They're on this island, so it's like, even though it definitely is. A period movie it could take place at any time yeah
1: there's like no specific year or if there is i think i missed it but i really don't think there is anyways so the movie begins and it it starts with like this family getting a letter from this guy's sister who writes and says like that you know, she's been pretty much kidnapped by this cult and that they're holding her for ransom if they don't give the money over, that they're, they might kill her or something. Uh, so her brother decides to uh, kind of like sneak into the island to try to find her.
0: And then when he gets to the island, it's like this religious community. It's kind of vague because it's like... A lot of the way they talk is very, like, Christian, but they're worshipping, like, this goddess.
1: Oh, you can definitely tell that they're, like, Christians who decided to move over and, like, convert, but they're still, like, holding on to some of the same ideals. Yeah. Just because of the way that they're talking.
0: Yeah, so that's kind of unique, you know, because it's not, like, traditional, like, either paganism or Christianity the way you see portrayed in films. Mm -hmm. So that was kind of cool. It was, like, a very different take on this. And so Michael Sheen is, like, the leader of this group. And they're trying to get money, basically, to keep... Because they have to make sacrifices, blood sacrifices, to keep um, this goddess appeased and to make their crops grow. Yeah. And, like, they're running out of animals and stuff, so they need money to get more animals to get for blood and... Um, so that's why they kidnapped the sister, because they need a ransom. But the guy has, like, told everyone that she was a spy, and that that's why she's there. Yeah.
1: Um, so, I, I looked it up. Um, so, the main character who goes to get his sister is named Thomas. Um, and then his sister is named Andrea. And then there's Michael Sheen's character, whose name is Malcolm. And uh, there's, like, a side plot with uh, these two kids... Well, they're not really kids; they're like young adults, but like they're like the they're obviously like the youngest characters there, and and their names are Fionn and Jeremy. <laughs> Throughout this whole movie, we we're sitting there, and I don't I don't know why I I chalk it up to watching Phineas and Ferb as a child, but um, I <laughs> every time they said the name Jeremy, I couldn't help but like laugh a little bit just because Jeremy is just an odd name to hear in like the context of like a really old english kind of story.
0: Yes. Yeah. Well, I kept calling him Jarbear through the whole I don't know yeah, why. <laughs> just he just seems Yeah, Bear. Cuz he's just a little teddy bear.
1: He's just a little bear But um so so the guy Thomas, um he gets to the island Before he had gotten on the boat, though, um, he had to switch tickets with this other person in order to, like, not be suspicious because they had marked his ticket, and they were hoping that he didn't notice that, like, no one else has the mark on his ticket um, because that shows that he's an outsider or whatever. So he switched his tickets with this other person, um, and so later on in the movie you see that this other person has been like beaten to a bloody pulp and they realize oh hey that's not the person who has the ransom so he gets there and he's um he gets on the boat i should actually talk to him about this boat scene because like i was watching it and i i was like oh baby cow and then <laughs> okay so what happens is like there's a really bad storm on this boat and it's so bad that, like, it knocks a baby cow out of its pen and into, like, the lap of Thomas. And, you know, you see Thomas, he's just holding this little baby cow, and then this guy, like, across from him just grabs the cow and throws it off the boat. And- yeah! <laughs> and it's, like, really jarring, but it, it he says something about how, like, you're not supposed to intervene, this is her will or whatever and her is like the goddess that lives on the island and then everyone just starts chanting and Thomas is just sitting there going like what the fuck
0: <laughs> yeah
1: <laughs> and it's really it's really funny but really jarring and I think it's it's funny because it's jarring because you just see him like holding this baby cow and some guy just rips it out of his arms and throws it over the boat and it's, it's ridiculous but then they they <laughs> So, so then they get there, you know, he gets in his room and stuff. They give him a jar, and then you learn later that the jar is so that you can fill it up with blood um, to give to the goddess because she requires a blood sacrifice, which is really cool in terms of, like, you know how, like, in, like, demonic movies, you they're like, we need a blood sacrifice or whatever, and then they, like, just kind of use someone who doesn't really consent to it Uh, like the way they go about it is like everyone gives a little bit of their blood and i thought that was kind of a really cool concept because you don't see like a consenting kind of sacrifice normally in this kind of context
0: yeah i thought that was really interesting too because it's like again like it kind of plays with the idea like it borrows ideas from christianity but like it's still it's definitely, like, still a pagan religion. So, I don't know. I thought that was really cool.
1: hmm So, the next morning they have, a like, a town meeting where they, like, go to worship and stuff. And then this is where we first see uh, Malcolm, Michael Sheen's character. And um, he's preaching about how he washed up on the shore of this island with two other guys, I think. Quinn and Frank. But they were, like prisoners or something on a boat i don't know if they escaped or if like the boat sank or something and they got off i don't remember exactly what the um the context was but they end up washed up on this island and they find the goddess and so he talks about how like his voice was chosen to tell everyone about her and stuff like that and he keeps like staring at thomas because thomas has like this stink eye look on his face and i, I think you know <laughs> you can yeah. chalk it up to resting bitch face i guess but like that one of the easiest ways to tell if someone is an outsider is if he's looking at you like you're a crazy person when like you're talking about your new religion
0: <laughs> yeah thomas just has like the best stink eye through the whole film He does. It's fantastic.
1: (laughs) Like, literally anything anyone does, Thomas is just sitting there with, like, just, like, one squinted eye and, like, this big scowl on his face, and it's it's great. I love it. Yeah, and
0: I don't blame him. Yeah, so after this, there's, like, a lot of, like, you know, he's trying to figure out what happened to his sister and also trying to not get caught, and he makes friends with our good old Jer-bear, and they're kind of, like looking out for each other then eventually he like goes and hides um and there's like these tunnels underneath the town because he does get caught right like they catch on pretty fast
1: yeah he like blackmails jeremy into helping him (laughs) because jeremy and fion were like boning the night before (laughs) when he ran into uh thomas and thomas is like I'm looking for my sister, and if you don't help me, then I'm going to tell everyone that you and Fionn were boning, (laughs) basically. (laughs) And so Jeremy's like, well, okay, I guess I kind of have to now. (laughs) And so Jeremy starts helping uh, Thomas. So, like, they know someone, like, was out past, like, the curfew, I guess. And so Malcolm holds, like, this little meeting of people who had just arrived on the island to figure out who it was and like in order to like kind of weed out who was breaking the rules he like has them recite from like the book that they wrote that's kind of like their bible you know they're going down the line like reciting this one specific verse or whatever that everyone who like is into this religion should know and like right before it gets to thomas because, you know, it's like, Thomas doesn't know shit. He's never read this book. <laughs> uh, like, right before they get to him, the guy sitting right next to him, like, refuses to say it. And so Malcolm's, like, he says something along the lines of, like, well, you know, recite it. And then this guy sitting next to Thomas just, like, pulls out a knife and he goes, For and Country! And then, like, tries to stab Malcolm, but, like, literally... Two seconds before he can, he gets, like, stabbed, like, a million times with these spears. <laughs> and so, like, you get this close-up of this guy with, like, a million spears in him. And he just kind of, like, slumps over. And it's really cool, because, like, the the effects and stuff, like, the, the makeup effects are, like, really nice. Yeah. this movie. Like, really nice. And so, in, like, the scuffle, Thomas, like gets slashed with the guy's knife, so Malcolm takes him to his house um where his daughter is and like basically makes her clean him and patch him up and stuff
0: yeah, so you know after he does get busted, somebody get the creepy tunnels, which I loved and hated so the scene like oh it was so intense like
1: it, yeah, it was really good though like it was it was like shot so well it was like making. My heart race at least because I was like he's like in this really shallow tunnel full of like blood and dead carcasses and
0: oh I know and, like, and he's trying to hide a chicken
1: and you think the chicken's dead and he the, the chicken starts moving I was, oh, like, oh I shit, there's a dead that like actually made me and yell then, like, God, I was like ew gross a dead chicken and then literally it starts clucking and I started screaming <laughs> yeah <laughs> it's
0: it like oh and like I'm uh-huh. kind of claustrophobic. So, like, just the idea of being oh, in a small yeah. space that's filled with water terrifies me. Mm-hmm.
1: It's like, if he had not finagled himself into that position of, like, bringing his face up as close to the wall as he could while he, like, paddled backwards, he would have most likely drowned in blood and feces and <sighs> everything else. And that's just... ugh, ugh.
0: Yeah that was a really good scene. that was super intense. so then he finally like makes it to this area and it's like underneath an old tree. it's like under these roots and mm-hmm. there's the goddess there and she's like oh, yeah. oh she looks so cool. she's like this super old lady and she's kind of in bad shape because basically Malcolm and-, and all of them are keeping her like locked up. so she's like kind of not looking too healthy. Um, No,
1: no, she looks like she's fixing to die. Like, she's got one blind eye. Her hair is falling out. She looks like, you know, she shouldn't be moving around. She looks like a corpse. And somehow, Malcolm's daughter finds him there. I'm not sure how she knew he would be there, but she, like, comes across him there and is like, oh, so you found the place. Good job.
0: Pretty much, but they had a nice little bonding scene, too, where, like, he tells her about his past, that he was a mm-hmm. missionary. He used to be a Christian missionary, and he, like, went off to China to try and convert people, and obviously the people there were like, uh, we don't want you, but they, like, so to scare him off. Him, yeah, they branded right? him with a big cross, and it's this really well-shot scene that's, like, there's this flaming cross in front of him, and they're, like, branding him, and oh, it was just really cool.
1: He's like asking God for mercy or whatever, and he's like, if you let me live or whatever, if you let me get out of this, then, you know, I I will believe that you exist or whatever. Um, but like, so after he's done like telling this story about how he went to Peking, uh, to, to like convert these people, he's like, well, I don't believe in God anymore because God is nothing but suffering and pain, and I just, I just. Sat there, I was listening to that, and I went, yep, he's Catholic.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. But yeah, I thought that was an interesting backstory. And then he was, like, talking about how his sister is the most important thing in his life, which I love. Because, that I- I'm just, anytime a movie focuses on siblings, it's just, like, instantly makes me like it more. Yeah. Because I think, yeah, sure, you could have made him, like, trying to go rescue his girlfriend or wife or something... But, like, we've seen that so many times. So I love that it was his sister instead. Because, like, that family relationship is really important. And, you know, there are a lot of people, myself included, who would, like, go to every length to make sure their siblings are safe. Mm-hmm. So I think that's, like, a really good motivation. And, like, I I believed the relationship between him and his sister. So, mm-hmm.
1: Especially for the time period where, like, you know... I mean, not everyone is very, like, protective of their siblings now, but, like, I feel like during that time period, there was a lot more to lose, and Mm -hmm. so, and, like, your family is, like, the people who are always going to be close to you, you know, no matter what. Yeah. Um, Because, like, you know, you don't have, you know, any other kind of communication except, like, letters during that time period, so, like... You know, the, those are the people you're going to be closest to, of course. It just makes mm-hmm.
0: sense. But yeah, no, it was really sweet. And then, um, meanwhile, so while all this is going on, our two young lovers. Yes. Find out that they're pregnant and they get busted by. Well, she's pregnant. Yeah, well, she's pregnant. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. Her dad finds out and he's like really pissed about it. So her they're dad not, is Quinn. Yeah.
1: So Quinn figures out, basically, that Fiona's pregnant and basically knows that if she gives birth, that it's going to kill her or gonna be stillborn or, like, deformed. And so he freaks out, but, like...
0: But it- he's, like, a major <sighs> jerk about it. Beats the shit out of her and, like, is trying to force her to have an abortion. But then, you know, Yeah, it was- he,
1: like, basically grabs her and, like, pulls out a knife. And you don't see it on screen, but like it cuts back later, and uh, he basically murdered her by open, like by like cutting her open and like letting her bleed out.
0: Yeah.
1: And it was. Ugh.
0: Yeah. She dies. <laughs> Just the yeah, ugh, she I dies, know. and
1: so and Jeremy walks in two seconds later, and it's like, what the fuck did you do? And so he and Quinn start fighting, and then jeremy slashes quinn in the neck a little bit not enough to like make him bleed out or anything just a little bit and so quinn throws him to the ground and runs out and basically tells everyone that jeremy had murdered fionne so that he wouldn't get persecuted himself for it he basically frames jeremy for murder and then you know because he's a leader of the island or one of the leaders he basically tells everyone to sound this alarm and find jeremy because jeremy runs off and like is trying to hide because he knows he's fixing to like be in like big trouble for something he didn't do and but the 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 (laughs) the funny part about this it's not all that funny but it was really funny to me in the moment is that like quinn is like yelling at these people he's like malcolm isn't the leader of this place i am and like just yelling at this guy who's, like, up on, like, the guard stand or whatever. He goes, now, sound the alarm. And you're, like, and you're, like, waiting for this, like, really deep bellowing noise. But then you just hear, like, a little cowbell. It's, like, (laughs) ding-a-ling-a-ling-a-ling. the
0: funniest thing. That part was great.
1: I I was, like, I don't, it's, like, so, you know, of course they're not going to have, like, you know, siren technology, during that time period but like it just sounded like someone was hitting a tin can with a spoon yeah no
0: that was that was great yeah i don't know i really appreciated it
1: just the juxtaposition between his deep bellowing voice and like the fact that like they're they're sounding in alarm but the alarm is you know nowhere near as deep and scary as he is just the juxtaposition just made me laugh
0: yeah. <laughs> no, I thought that was great. It's got, like, the... This is an obligatory joke, but, you know, the fever for cowbell. <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh, I got a fever. And the <laughs> only cure is more cowbell.
0: Alright, we should probably wrap this up really fast so okay. we can get to the, I don't the know, goods. the analyzing <laughs> bits. But, oh, 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 so next, though, after they catch Jeremy... So, like, they oh, do boy. find Jeremy and... They do. As a punishment, they take him to the center of the village and, like, strap him down to this table and put his head in a vice.
1: Uh-huh. There's, like... So, the the scene is really cool because, like, it goes to, like, a POV shot from Jeremy and, like, Jeremy's, like, twitching his head all around but, like, the vice is, like, making his head move upwards and so, like, it's, like, he's looking to the left And then it just, like, kind of, like, ticks to the right until it's facing all the way upwards. And then, like, you hear a crunching noise and, like, his vision fills with blood. And it's, like, really gross but at the same time, like, really smart in the way that they did that. Because, like, it just, like, makes you feel kind of like what Jeremy would be feeling in that, in that moment. And it's, like... It's, like, you just sit there and go, ugh, ugh. Yeah, <laughs> just it, like, it, just makes you, feel you gross. right there. Yeah. Um, but, like, so they strap him down, and so Quinn's, like, dressed in, like, this Catholic priest garb. And he's, like, spouting off gibberish, and then they, you know, they have Jeremy strapped down, and they, uh, drill a huge hole in his head. <laughs> they call it the purification. And... They, like, trill at him, like, and there's, like, just this big, like, hole, this gaping hole in the back of Jeremy's head, and the last second he goes, a symbol of purity, and pulls out, like, this, this, um, like, rose petal that he's holding with pliers, it sticks it in his head, and he goes, may it guide you, and it's like,
0: oh, <laughs> the sound effects, too, were, like, so good, and they were really clever, because I- I legit thought they were just gonna, like, show us them drilling a hole in his head, but, like, they didn't really yeah. do that. Like, they show, like, kind of them starting, and then the drill gets, like, right up to his head, and then um, Quinn, like, leans up to whisper yeah, to he him. Yeah, says, I
1: have always wanted this. And it's like, how shitty
0: can you be,
1: dude? Yeah.
0: Yeah, that was so creepy. And then it just kind of, like, cuts away, and you hear, like, this loud crunch Oh uh, yeah, it's it, like, it, it goes oh. on.
1: So they they actually focus in on uh, Thomas and um oh what's her name Malcolm's daughter. Jeremy was actually running to try and find them before he got caught, and like he got like right up to them and was like telling them what what had happened before. Um, these goons come up and basically just like steal Jeremy away at the last minute yeah so Andrea is in the crowd and so is Thomas and like as you're hearing this crunching noise you're just watching Andrea like fall to her knees trying not to dry heave because of how like dire this moment is she's like crying and screaming and like that coupled with the crunching noise that you're hearing (sighs) is just like enough to send you over the edge of like Holy crap, ugh.
0: Yeah, it was a really good performance from her, too. Like, that moment in particular. Yeah. So, um, yeah, after that. And then, of course, Malcolm comes back and is, like, pissed. And Frank is pissed.
1: Yeah, because, like, you know, Frank just lost his son. But, like, Malcolm's like, you have no right to be doing this. And, like, basically Quinn tells him to man up and, and murder Thomas on the spot because like they know that Thomas is the traitor or whatever but before Malcolm can do it Frank comes back with a big fucking gun and just starts trying to shoot Quinn <laughs> and it's like yes finally but at yeah. the same time it's like dude you literally just started so much drama
0: <laughs> yeah so this is like where yeah this is like really where things start to all just go to hell
1: you know, in retrospect, this is such a crazy movie, but, like, when you're watching it, you, it's so, like, strangely believable.
0: Yeah. You know? Yeah. I think it, like, has to do with the sound effects, maybe, and, like, the way it's shot. Oh, I yeah, don't know. Oh, sound
1: effects and stuff are great in it. And yeah. And the, the cinematography is amazing.
0: yeah. Oh, no, yeah, it's, just like, it's so good. You,
1: you go back through it, you know, in retrospect, and you're just like, what the hell? Yeah. <laughs> but anyways, um, so Thomas gets out, um, and then the the witch goddess lady, um, who's trapped in this barn, uh, puts her hands on him, and, like, basically, like, these vines start growing out of her fingertips and, like, lodge themselves in his head and so he's like receiving all these like memories of things that you know she's seen and like why she ended up in that place and when she's done she says it's like in an ancient language but it's got subtitles and she says set me free um but he looks at her and he says i'm sorry and then like lights are on fire and then walks out because he did that like the whole village like like the fire spreads the village is on fire and Everyone's just watching it burn, and
0: and then like while this is going on, Quinn has got a hold of um, uh, what was her yeah, name? He's... The daughter, Andrea, name? And Andrea, yeah, and the sister, yeah. and he tells them like basically that the witch goddess needs human blood to like thrive, mm-hmm. and that's why their crops are failing. So he's going to keep these women locked up and make them pregnant, and then like give their baby's blood to the goddess, which is, like, yeah, super fucked up. he's basically just
1: going to sacrifice their babies to her.
0: Yeah, which is, like, really messed up. And then Thomas shows up, and he and Quinn start fighting, and... I think
1: I've been getting it wrong this whole time. Jennifer is the one that, uh, is Malcolm's daughter, I think, and Andrea is, uh, Thomas's sister.
0: Oh, uh, I thought it was the other way around. No. Uh, okay, okay. <laughs> I just looked Whoops. it up. I
1: I realized I got it wrong. Whoops.
0: That's okay.
1: But anyways, Jennifer and Andrea are, like, locked up. Quinn's, like, spouting this bullshit and pointing a gun in their face and stuff. And, like, just as he turns around, Thomas is there and he just, like, stabs him and, like, shoves him back through the door. And, like, there's a big fight. You know, they're all stabbing each other. And then...
0: It was um, so satisfying. Because oh, then, uh, like... Yes. The the ladies get out and like they use a gun yeah. to blast through the chains on the walls and they like grab these chains and like wrap so it around Quinn's like, neck.
1: To yeah, Andrea's trying to shoot Quinn, but then Jennifer grabs the gun from her and shoots the chains and basically just like like shoots the chains off the wall. And then so like because they still have like the chains on their wrists, they do a job of the hut style thing and they just yeah. like take the the chains and like. Like strangle him, but like while they're strangling him, they're pulling him like towards them. And while they're doing that, Thomas has this knife right in his chest. And like while they're pulling him, Thomas is staying in place, and so this knife is just like slicing him in half, gutting him like a fish.
0: Oh, it was so good. It was just like so satisfying.
1: Crunching noises and everything, and it's oh god, it was great.
0: It was wonderful.
1: So, (laughs) So. Quinn's dead, um, and then they get out of there, they start running, um, Thomas is, like, really badly hurt, um, but, like, he's, like, trying to make sure that Jennifer and Andrea get to safety, and so, like, they run off, you know, they have to go get in the boat to get off the island because it's burning, but he stops and he can't move anymore because he's, like, you know, really badly hurt, and so they get on They get on the boat and they go, and so Thomas is just kind of left there by himself, and then Malcolm shows up. Thomas, like, kind of leans backward and, like, lets himself fall down on his back on the dirt, and as he does, like, his blood starts to, like, drip out of his hand, right where the blood hits, like, the girt- (laughs) the girt- (laughs) the (laughs) ground-slash-dirt- the girt- (laughs) Right where his blood is hitting the dirt, there are, like, plants growing out of it, like, instantly. Stuff is, like, growing all over him and, like, you know, like, digging into his skin and stuff and taking root. And it's, like, you don't know. I can't really explain, you know, what exactly is happening besides, like, he's kind of taking the goddess's place. Because that's the only other character that has that kind of thing happen to them. But, like... Malcolm is just kind of sitting there smiling as he's, like, watching this happen. And, like, you know, Thomas isn't fighting it. He's just kind of, like, accepting that this is happening. And then the movie ends.
0: I got the impression that his blood is feeding her, like, replenishing her. Like, his blood is. But, uh, because, like, and that's, like, causing things to grow and thrive. Because she's been set free. And then, like, he's more or less willingly giving it. Because he, you know, he told... His sister, like, I can't leave. I'm gonna die. I'm just gonna stay here and die here. So, and like, at the end, he has this moment where he's like, "Oh, I found my faith yeah. again." So he's more or less like willingly giving his life for yeah. And I think the goddess is at least how I interpreted yeah. it.
1: And I feel like that's kind of the reason why he's you know kind of happy about going, and the and why Malcolm is like just watching him. He's not freaking out or anything because it was kind of like they were both right um you know you know Quinn's like they don't know what she wants and I'm the only one who can give them what she wants and talking about the babies and stuff but that's that's not a consenting thing you know Mm -hmm. From, from what he says you know they became blind to their faith or whatever but like the only reason that Thomas is like having this thing happen to him is because he's finally given himself up
0: yeah exactly so yeah i thought that was a really nice way to end it we should probably take a break real fast we'll be back right after this to talk about
1: more of our thoughts and now a word from our sponsors
0: hey reed hey Brittany. hey all of you out there in podcast land this is what you call it a podcast about life liberty and the pursuit of nerdiness. Here's what people are saying about it. Oh, have you heard of the what you call it? Hey, that, that is my favorite podcast right now. so good. It is better than a tater tot hot dish. Well, I can't believe that for a second. You know, it's one of those big Midwest fancy things. A Midwest fancy thing? Yeah, I don't know what that is, but okay, yeah, that's but what it is. <laughs> you're gonna love it, though. Oh, you're, you're just gonna love have it. Have you heard of Britney talk about being from California. Well, have you heard Reed talk about being from the Midwest? Well, I never. And for crying in the soup, for would you just listen to the show? Soup. Don't take their word. Take a listen to the show. Blah, blah, blah. We're the show. And remember, folks, your belly button is your old mouse. Listen. From LunarLightStudio.com
1: And now back to our regularly scheduled program. <laughs>
0: Oh, man. So yeah, I really enjoyed that film. It was different than what I thought it would be, but in a good way.
1: Yeah. It's, you know, you don't, you don't expect going into it. It sounds just kind of like it's gonna be like a cult drama, but like there's not actually really anything going on in Mm -hmm. it, you know? Like there's no actual supernatural stuff, I guess. But then you go into it and it's like, no, yeah, this is real. This is like real in the in the, the fiction of the universe, like mm-hmm. the this, this witch thing is on the island and <laughs> she's actually making stuff happen. Yeah.
0: What I liked about it a lot was that it's like we talked about this a little bit already, but it's a very different take on religion. So like it- in a lot of these movies they kind of paint the religion as being evil. Like Usually they end up painting paganism as being evil, but, like, there have been ones that paint Christianity mm-hmm. as being evil, too. You know, if, if you yeah. think about, like, I don't know, like, The Wicker Man, or, like, more recently I saw Midsomar and it kind of deals with a cult. Um, it's like, oh, these evil, crazy pagan cults. But, like, what I really appreciate about this film is, like, the religion itself is not evil. Like, both the main character's Christian faith and then, like, this pagan faith of this goddess. Like, the goddess is not evil at all. Like, it's what the people did to her that made all the bad stuff yeah. happen. So I really like that. The, the, like, it's not really the religion. Like, the religion can be good or bad, but it's like, what you do with it. Like, what the humans do with it. And, like, their actions. Oh, yeah.
1: Yeah. I, I mean, like, because it's not actually the goddess. The goddess is just kind of, like, there. And... Um, is a victim of what they've done to her, mostly just Quinn, because he actually admits that he was the one who put her in that barn and, like, told them, you know, what to do with her. Um, But Malcolm was the one who kind of listened to her, I guess, a little bit. Um, But I think he was also, like, blind to serving his community and stuff and That's not necessarily a bad thing, but, like, he was doing it for kind of the wrong reasons, you know?
0: Yeah. So, yeah. But I like, I just liked that it was, like, a very different take on that. And I thought the performances were really, really good, too.
1: Yeah. (laughs) I don't know what else to say about this besides, like, there's, you know, there's people who are kind of misguided with their faith. There are people who, you know, do something good with it. And then there, there are people who are just you know, using it for their own personal gain, especially mm-hmm. when in this.
0: Yeah. The way he treats women throughout this film, too, like, you know, it didn't escape me that, like, oh, the the goddess character is, like, a woman and he's, like, trying to keep her, like, locked up. And, and I feel like, you know, which is very of the time period, but I feel like there's some commentary to be had there.
1: Oh, yeah, definitely. What What I kind of got out of this, especially during, like, a second viewing and what we talked about with Thomas, is that this is a movie about the treatment of people and how you know you you kind of have to have consent basically, especially with faith. You know, it's not gonna it's not gonna work if people don't open up. Mm-hmm. You know, if people aren't open to that kind of thing, um, it it's present in Thomas's backstory about how he went to China and uh, got branded for. You know, trying to convert people. But, like, it's also present, like, in the story as a whole. Like, you know, the people who benefit from being on the island are the people who, you know, open up more about their faith and actually kind of, you know, want to be there and want to, like, share the community together. Like, Malcolm and his daughter. And Fionn and Jeremy before Quinn basically just kind of...
0: Before he ruined everything.
1: Yeah, he did. Good job. Good job, oh, Quinn. Queen. You earned Biggest Dick in the Movie. You got that. You got that award <laughs> on a gold star. It says, Biggest Dick in yeah. the Movie. Slap right <laughs> on him. <laughs> you know, it's, it's about working with the environment and with the community and making sure that everyone is getting what they need. And not not everyone in the community was getting what they needed because they were more focused on, like, personal needs above everyone else. um, and, and it's very apparent, you know, when you see that, like, they're kidnapping people, they're murdering people, and, like, you know, all this other stuff. And, of course, the, the goddess isn't going to be cooperating with them because, you know, they're not doing what they need to be doing in order for the community to be happy, yeah. You know, and I feel like I feel like she's both a metaphor for, like, the environment and also for, like, the community as a whole.
0: Yeah, you know? I yeah, I definitely got that impression, too.
1: Of course, she's a woman, um, and so, like, you know, that plays into it as well. It's It's about consent and care, and they're obviously not caring for each other in the way that there will be growth in the community or otherwise. That's what I got from this movie is that it's about how if there's only, like, selfish reasons for doing things, then you're not going to have a a happy and healthy life.
0: Yeah, I agree with you. And I think it comes across really well in the film, too. Um, A few fun facts that I found Mm -hmm. when I was researching this. So the director, Gareth Evans, directed The Raid... But I realized he also directed a segment from VHS 2. It's called Safe Haven, and it's one of the better ones from that movie. It's also has to do with a cult, and it's, like, a really good, well-directed segment. I hope we get to talk about VHS 2 one day, because I, I think it's better than the first one.
1: Yeah, I do too. Um, I just haven't been able to sit down and watch it yet.
0: But yeah, anyways, I thought that was cool that this is, like, a director we're familiar with, and um obviously familiar with like a lot of the cast members so the main guy i didn't realize this the main guy is played by dan stevens who's in that the, the live action beauty and the beast so that was cool he did a good job uh they all did a good job yeah they did uh but like you know michael sheen was our favorite. <laughs> of course obviously him and his he makes a really good villain how does? Did... well he wasn't even really a vi-
1: villain he was just more like kind of an anti-hero-ish He was definitely an antagonist, but only for, like, the first part of the story. And then it switched over.
0: Yeah. That's true. But I just... How can one man be, like, so sweet, but, like, play such sinister roles? I really want to see him in more horror films. I do. Yeah. I would like that too. I mean, I'm always down for like anyone being in more horror films, yes. but I think he, he has a really good range and He does. Um uh, yeah, I would always like to see him in more. So, you, you
1: see him a lot in like stuff where he's kind of like playful or like more, you know, like more of a dramatic actor instead of like a schlock actor. And like that's not yeah. to say that, you know, schlock is a something that like isn't like good, because, like, you can do Schlocky good, um, but I would, I want to see him in more horror movies, I really do. And while I was watching Unthinkable, I just kept thinking he would be great as a victim in Saw.
0: Yeah! Well, we had a Twitter thread <laughs> about this, because I was oh, like, do. where I was like, oh, see, I was picturing him as, like, Carrie Elwes' this character, yeah. um, and you were picturing him as Adam, and then I was like, but I guess he could also make a really interesting jigsaw, yeah, like, he has and the then, charisma. Then I
1: also said he would make a good Amanda Young, too.
0: Yeah, so we ended up, like, pitching a saw <laughs> reboot where every character is, is played by Michael Sheen. Michael Sheen, <laughs> yes. Uh, which, honestly, I-, I would watch the heck out of that. Oh, um, I would, too. Speaking of Twitter, so would you like to yes. tell our listeners about our campaign?
1: Which, uh,
0: as of now, has, like, pretty much been a failure because we've already oh, are recording our episode about apostle failure. but yeah, i think but we, it, we it can might set be this up to just, for success like, maybe later get
1: something really short later yeah yeah
0: so um, tell everyone so- our campaign <laughs> so i
1: i realized you know oh hey apostles on netflix and we have a podcast about horror movies on netflix so we should try to get michael sheen on our podcast about horror movies on netflix so that he can talk about Apostle. (laughs) And so I keep making tweets about how he should be on, um, but A, no one sees them, and B, anytime I say anything, it only gets, like, two retweets, so I have... (laughs) So I keep just making posts about it, and there's no traffic on it at all, but I made a tweet that says it's... (laughs) It says, um, if Michael Sheen doesn't come on my podcast, can he at least come to my birthday party? And I've been trying to get that one to, um, to get some tweet, like, some retweets. Um, to, it's failing, of course. (laughs) But, um. Well,
0: we're we're trying to get the word out there.
1: Yeah, but we would love to have Michael Sheen on our, our podcast. And I, I want him to at least see it and like talk to us even if it's like maybe even over you know a couple of replies on twitter you know just like answer a couple of our questions and we can read them out loud or something
0: so that's our current campaign um speaking of twitter i just want to give a quick shout out we have officially reached over a 100 followers on twitter which i know is like not a huge deal but like it is to me because it's for us. Yeah. I didn't think when I started this podcast, I like didn't think that we would have a hundred followers anywhere, let alone on Twitter. And so, um, yeah, it's really cool and I just wanted to say thank you to everyone who follows us there. Even if you don't follow us on Twitter, that's fine. Thank you for listening and just like, you know, taking the time to have us in your day. Um it, yeah. it really does mean a lot to me. I think it's it's really cool to get to talk about these things that we're really passionate about and actually have people who care it's yeah. cool so thank you Yeah, you all thank are the you the best so
1: much you know for twitter followers for listens you know for everything just for like being a part of, of this community that we have
0: yeah exactly it's it's been really cool and yeah. i'm
1: hyped to make more
0: is there anything else you wanted to add
1: No. I was going to say Michael Sheen, get on our podcast, but we already talked about that.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Um, Um, Cool. I guess I'll close it off then. If you don't already follow us on Twitter, you can find us at Netflix underscore in underscore kill. And our host network, Lunar Light Studio, can be found at Lunar Light HQ or their website, LunarLightStudio.com. Be sure to check out some of our other lunar light podcast while you're there they're really great there's all sorts of different ones and there's something for everyone trans questionings one
1: that's uh, been really great um that i've been listening yeah. to absolutely love as a trans person or just as you know people who are interested in learning more about being transgender or anything like that it's a, it's a very good educational podcast and uh, i i would definitely recommend it me too yeah, but there's so much more out there on our um on our Lunar Light community in our podcast world. Um you should just go check it out. Um you can find me on Twitter as well at Frosty the R0 bot.
0: And you can find me at Kai the Jedi. That's KY the Jedi. That's it for now. We'll be back not to like be an attention hog, but next episode may or may not be coming out on my birthday yeah yeah i will not reveal how old i'm turning all Mm -hmm. i will say it is it is the name of a taylor swift song so (laughs) (laughs) yeah um
1: Uh, we'll have to celebrate
0: we can anyways i'm sure it'll be good so thank you for tuning in and may your nightmares be plentiful (laughs) Ah, <laughs> light studio pretty witty and gay